This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. It's time for Thriller Thursdays here on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. Once again, Decoder Ring Theater presents another page from the casebook of that master of mystery, that sultan of sleuthing, Martin Bracknell's immortal detective, Black Jack Justice, starring Christopher Mott as Jack and Andrea Lyons as Trixie Dixon, girl detective. The name's Justice. Jack Justice. They say the more things change, the more they stay the same. It sounds better in French, but then again, what doesn't? I used to know a guy named Norbert, who had literally memorized a page of the Paris City Directory, minus the telephone numbers, and used to whisper it as sweet nothings into the ear of every lady that would let him get close enough. He used to think that he was pretty slick, and he liked it when guys would kid him about it and call him Frenchy. But there was always something that he didn't seem to get. If a lady is going to let you get close enough to whisper in her ear, you're already doing quite well. You don't need a gimmick. You just need to not have chronic halitosis and not say anything stupid. In fact, if you can keep the whispers sounding sweet while saying as little as possible, like possibly by talking pointless gibberish in a romance language... I seem to have strayed from the subject of my original thesis and accidentally proved Frenchie Norbert to be a master of the hidden art of love, which is a terrible result even by my standards. I'm going to start over. The name's Justice. Jack Justice. They say the more things change, the more they stay the same, and I guess that's true. It all happens so gradually, the casual landmarks of your life eroding and growing anew, and it all seems like nothing ever happens, nothing ever changes. And then one morning you realize that the puppy on the sofa now moves like an old man. You are well and truly domesticated, as no man ever was, and you no longer understand popular music. And yet, at the heart of it all, lives a beating heart of enduring sameness, and the surety that at some point in your day, someone will say something like, I don't know what's wrong with you two idiots, I really don't! Take it easy, Mr. Calzeroni. Two weeks it's been, two weeks and nothing! Uh, Yes, sir, and as we keep saying, that tells you something. Tells me something? Yeah, it tells me that you two are idiots! If you are unhappy with our work, Mr. Calzeroni, we will be happy to end the investigation and send you our final report. Oh, no. You don't get off that easy. I've been paying you to put end to the protection racket that's been bleeding my restaurant white. No, sir. No? What do you mean, no? You have been paying us to investigate this protection racket. We have investigated, and we have discovered absolutely nothing that suggests it even exists. Exists? What are you trying to say? Are you just going to sit there all day, or are you going to try and say something? Hi there. Why in the name of all that is holy do I even bother? It's an interesting question. Now you listen to me. It's very difficult to prove a negative, Mr. Calzeroni. I can't supply you with definitive evidence that there is no protection ring. All I can do is present the facts of the investigation that has searched for proof that the protection ring does exist, all of which have come up complete zeros. 
nothing, nada, not one shred of direct or indirect evidence that supports the idea at all. And what does that tell you? It tells me that you're idiots. See, this is how it's been all week. It's not my fault that you pick up the telephone just because it rings. You're supposed to pick it up if it rings. What are you, Pavlov's dog? You're not even supposed to be here to pick up the phone. You're supposed to be out investigating. Then why do you come over to scream at me when we aren't here when you call? You're not even supposed to be here when I come over to scream at you. You're supposed to be out investigating. Mr. Calzeroni, there is no evidence to suggest that there is a protection ring operating in your area. What do you need evidence for? I told you they was there. The police will not arrest people just because we say so, sir. We need evidence for the courts to convict them and your problem to go away. Now you sound like the cops. Well, there's no need to get personal about it. Personal? This is my business here. My staff has been threatened. My wife has been threatened. And none of it has happened in front of you. They wouldn't dare. They know what the kind of man Antonio Calzeroni is. A very loud one. You aren't a witness, sir, because you haven't seen anything. Your staff has been less than cooperative. They are frightened. They should not fear for their lives to work in a restaurant. Well, on this matter, we agree. Sir, the police did not take your complaint seriously enough to investigate? You know they didn't. What if we could get them to sign off on our conclusions? Would that satisfy you? You get the cops to take this seriously, they'll get the job done. That isn't quite what I said, sir. Never mind. No more lip from either of you. You just do it, huh? And pronto! What did you just do? I thought we could call in a favor. Nobody in blue owes us any favors just now. What, do they really keep track? Of course they keep track. I keep track. Everybody keeps track. That sounds exhausting. We can't stumble around with our hats out like a pair of hobos. Well, okay, except we pretty clearly can. Hand me my hat, I'll show you. It was a metaphor. I see. You know what would improve your metaphor? If you knew what I was talking about. There it is. You just promised our client we could get the cops involved in his case. I did not actually say that. Our client is in the habit of hearing what he wants to hear. You noticed that, did you? I, in fact, did. Then why, in the name of St. Aloysius, did you bring the cops into this? You have a fascination with Jesuits. I do not. Don't change the subject. The subject of your sentence was St. Aloysius. He was not the subject. The subject was the police, and the question was why. So Aloysius was the predicate? Jack, would you shut up about the stupid saint? I don't have any anything for Jesuits. I like to say Aloysius. I think it's because it rhymes with delicious. The theological implications of that are mind-boggling. Stop talking now. Stop talking about stupid saints and stupid everything that is not our stupid client and his stupid made-up protection racket and your stupid promise to bring the stupid cops in on this stupid, stupid investigation. Stupid. Good morning. Dodds. What are you doing here, honey? Oh, people ask me, how can you stand to have your husband alone with a beautiful woman all hours of the day and night? And do you know what I say? You say that not all women share your deeply twisted perception of the masculine ideal? Hey! <laughs> I say I've heard how they talk to each other when they don't think anyone is listening. Hello, handsome. That's better. I like that. Oh, Buddha. Am I interrupting something? Mercifully, yes. Trixie, you don't have to leave on my account. I'll keep it clean. Very little necking. Well, I don't approve of that. It's all right, Dot. And it isn't you. We have a vexatious client, and I think that I just thought of something that might help. Are you going to shoot somebody? I'm not, because you're using a human shield. <laughs> Darn dootin'. I'm glad I could help. So am I. 
Seriously, though, what are you going to do? I would tell you, but you wouldn't understand because it isn't stupid. Lovely to see you, Dot. Trixie. Hold all my calls, Miss Justice. That should be easy. I never answer the phone. Quick, she's gone. Get on the couch. Hold on there, hot pants. Right, yes, good. Very, very slowly, get on the couch. <laughs> Angel, the speed is not the issue. It isn't? No. Then I don't understand. I did not actually come here to get on the couch. But now that you're here, it seems like a really, really good idea? Well, no, that's not exactly it. See, I understand all of those words, but that sentence makes no sense. I know, and I love you for it. And my eyes are actually up here. Well, will you look at that so they are. So, you didn't come by for a romp on the sofa, and it's a little early for lunch. Nope, I give. You better just tell me. To what do I owe the pleasure of your company? Victor Sabian. Okay. Well, now I officially do not know what's going on. Do you remember a few months ago when someone was trying to kill you? Can you be more specific? There was a contract out on you. Except it wasn't me at all, it was her. Yes, hilarious. And you sent Victor around to the hospital to watch me? I sent him to play bodyguard. No one but me is authorized to watch any part of you. Eyes up here. Don, I keep forgetting that. Well, he was a very good bodyguard, but that isn't all he was guarding. Wait, I am occasionally slow on the uptake. Should I be jealous? Well, that depends. Are you secretly in love with Hilda Morgenstern, the head nurse? I am not. Well, that's good, because Victor is. Sabian. Impossible. I think he's a robot. A, a loud, angry robot that eats things. He's been coming around for months, Jack. Always under the guise of saying hello to me, except he can hardly look at me when he's saying hello because he's looking around for her. And does she... She lights up like a candle whenever he's around. But he doesn't know. He doesn't see her the rest of the time. It's like a battleship. So what's the problem? <sighs> The problem is, is that it's been months and months, and they aren't getting anywhere, and I have to stand there and watch it, and, and I need you to fix it. Fix it? I don't think either one of them knows how to do anything but be in charge. They're like painfully awkward, adorable kids, except they're more middle-aged and, and, frankly, driving me bananas. Oh, you fix things. I need you to fix this. Sometimes I fix things by shooting them. Yes, but this is not one of those times. We need to get them out of the trauma ward and let nature take its course. Okay. Well, thank you for the visual on that. I'll be crying myself to sleep tonight. Well, I don't mean... I mean we need to get them somewhere romantic. And you came to me for help with this? Well, yes, obviously I'm desperate. And yet the sofa continues to remain undisturbed. Down, boy. Think first. First. Ah, a sequence of events has proposed. A motivating factor. Whatever does the trick. Honey, Sabian is a cop. He's all cop. He's the cop. He does cop things. He's all crime and punishment. He's like Tolstoy. Dostoevsky. Gesundheit. The closest Sabian gets to a date is a stakeout. He doesn't... Wait. And there it is. Like a wish on a star. I think I might have just figured out... Yeah, that could actually work. I should make a call. No, wait, I should see Sabian. No, wait. Maybe I should make a call first. Wait. Wait? Get on the couch. Ah. And they lived happily ever after.
You are listening to Blackjack Justice from DecoderRingTheater.com. The name's Dixon. Trixie Dixon, girl detective. There are several advantages to partnering with an operative who is much, much dumber than you. Not the least of which is that they never seem to notice when you steal their occasional good idea. Or in Jack's case, their occasional terrible idea that ends up surprisingly well. In any case, it seemed like a potential solution in that it seemed like it just might possibly make our client, Antonio Calzaroni, owner and proprietor of Calzaroni's Italian Ristorante on Jefferson Avenue near Kirby Square, drop dead. Or at the very least, go away and stop bothering me. Calzaroni was convinced that his business was suffering under the joke of a protection racket that was shaking down his business and threatening his staff. But his end of downtown was run these days by the Peloso organization, which had invested heavily in real estate and therefore eschewed street-level protection as being bad for economic health and therefore bad for property values. And that if that isn't a testament to this weak, piping time of peace, I don't know what is. In any event, the cops knew there was no protection racket, so they wouldn't look twice. Or they did look twice, and our client told them they were idiots and they decided to ignore him, which seemed more likely. So he had come to other, less official guardians of law and order. And as much as we enjoyed a couple of weeks of gainful employment, the time had come to boat this bass and move on. And that necessitated extraordinary measures. And since the cops were not inclined to show an interest, I did what any enterprising young gumshoe might. I went directly to the criminals. I felt certain that the Pelosos were in a unique position to verify our findings regarding the lack of criminal enterprise and that their business interests guaranteed that they would be inclined to show an interest, which I can honestly say proved entirely true. I furthermore swear that the entire thing seemed like a good idea. At the time. It really did. I don't know about this justice. Relax, Mr. Calzaroni. You wanted the law involved? I got you the big man at robbery homicide himself. But he isn't going to question anybody? He isn't going Sabian's to... Sabian's got more years on the force than you've had hot dinners. He says the best way to do this is undercover. And you have to play it completely natural. Okay. Okay, I get it. But... No buts. Just play it like we were regular guests on a romantic-type double date. Okay. But I should make sure he knows about... Nothing. You don't even talk to him. He'd blow a stack if he saw us talking at all. He's in character, you understand. He's like a master thespian, a diva. You throw him off now, and he'll walk right out the door and not come back. Gee, he takes this serious. He does indeed. Is that why he's in the bathroom so long? Let us pray that it is. I think he's coming. You better go. Okay, but this thing, how does it work with the other thing? Other thing? What other thing? Your partner's a thing. Okay, wait, what thing is that? He's coming. No, wait, Mr. Calzaroni. Swell. What did you say? I said you look swell. Shut up! No, I mean it. You clean up real nice. Stop it, stop it, stop it! Set my teeth on edge. Nobody's been nice to me since I got shot in the gut and it wasn't as bad as this. Oh, why did I let you talk me into this? Didn't take a lot of convincing, as I recall. Shut up! You practically jumped out of your chair when I mentioned her name. She must be a heck of a woman. You don't talk about her like that. Okay, take it easy. Yeah, I shouldn't have... I, I, I don't care what you think of me, but I won't stop you laughing at her. Nobody is laughing. I'm trying to be supportive. 
You just don't recognize it because it doesn't happen often. She isn't going to show. She's coming. She's with Dot. They're on their way. She isn't coming. She won't come. I shouldn't have let you talk me into this. Again, all I really said was dinner and Nurse Morgenstern. It was better before. I could just go to the hospital and say hello and be nonchalant. Nonchalant? Is that a thing you can do now? Shut up! As Dot says the two of you have been very, very chalant, but seem unable to close the deal. Don't talk about her like that! Besides, she isn't coming, she isn't going to show. Hello, boys. <laughs> there you are. I was starting to wonder. Hilda was just getting ready. She couldn't quite decide what to wear. Doesn't she look nice, Victor? <laughs> uh, he's just a little... Uh, just a little cough there. He's all right. You should really have that look at, Lieutenant Xavier. Uh, no, I uh, just... No, no I'm, 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 I'm... I'm... I'm fine, Nurse Morgenstern. How... Uh, that is, uh, you look uh, very... Uh, I just meant, uh, <laughs> not used to seeing you without your clothes. Uniform! Without your uniform, but with other other clothes. I'm glad you like it. I didn't really know what... Uh, I couldn't choose. Not that I have a lot of... It's just been such a long time since... Oh, I mean, not that we're... Not that I... It hasn't been... Yes. Let's head on in and sit down, shall we? Right this way. Oh, my lord, you're right. They're completely hopeless. This is what the last six months of my life have been like. It's okay. We'll fix everything. What could possibly go wrong? Good evening and welcome into Calzeroni's. My name is... What the hell? What did she say? Well, uh, did who say? What in the hell are you doing here? What am I doing here? What are you doing here? I'm working, stupid. What in Jupiter's moons is happening right now? Jack, Trixie, what are you up to? We're not up to anything, sweetheart. Everything is fine. Dixon, what is this? What are you doing here? Why are we all whispering? My name is Trixie. I'll be your server tonight. Oh, this is a nightmare. What's that? Nice. This is a nice... Mayor. Yeah, I got nothing. Justice, party of four. Right this way, please. Justice, if you are pulling something, you are going to regret this for the rest of your short, miserable life. How was I supposed to know she'd taken a second job? A second job? She's probably pretty self-conscious. Seems like the classy thing to do is not draw attention to it. Is there something going on here, Dorothy? No, Hilda. I'm sure there isn't. Just try and relax. Here we are. Our specials tonight are chicken parmigiana served with a marinara sauce and a bit of fettuccine. And there's also some sort of fish thing. Some sort of a... I'll give you a few minutes. That would be very nice, thank you. Try not to do anything stupid until I get back. Did that seem a little bit strange to anyone else? Actually, I'm a little surprised we got off that easy. Jack, darling. Yes, dear. What the hell is going on? Is something the matter? Uh, no. Uh, you see, we were just surprised. Uh, the uh, waitress is someone we all happen to know. And you didn't know she was working here? We did not. It is a little bit uh, awkward. Oh, I think I see. You do? 
maybe she was Mr. Justice's old girlfriend. You think so? Maybe that is why Dorothy seems upset with him. <laughs> What's that? I'm sorry, I just... You, you, you look really terrific tonight, Nurse Morganstern. Well, thank you, Lieutenant. That's very sweet of you to say. But you could call me Hilda, if you like. What? I said that would be very nice. Hilda, you should call me Vito Coletto. What? No, Sonny Miano. Polly Bucaro? What? Carmine Peloso. Would you excuse me a moment? Oh, I suppose. Ow! What was that for? Quiet, you idiot! Did you look around? Yes, fine. What am I looking at exactly? Just look around! Everybody else in this restaurant is a soldier in the Peloso mob! Even one of the big man's nephews is here. Stop the presses. Italians love Italian food. There's a headline. Quit goofing. Are you packing? You don't bring a handgun on a dinner date, Lieutenant. I know that you don't have to tell me that I'm not armed either. This could be a trap. A trap? Since when are you this paranoid? I don't care for me, but the girls may be in danger. Ah. Okay, Tex. My advice is just relax. We don't want to cause a stampede or anything. Just have a nice dinner, okay? A nice dinner? No, you don't sneak up on Victor's Stadium like that. I'm watching every little thing that happens here like a hawk. A hawk, I tells ya. Good times. Is everything all right, Mr. Pelozo? Miss Dixon, you know that my associates and I are here at your provocation. I can be surprisingly provocative, but this isn't really my table. Your levity is unappreciated. It often is. Do we need more bread here? You advised us that there may be a protection ring targeting this business. On the advice of my client, the owner, yes. If so, this would violate the territorial rights of my family business. Which is why I assumed your uncle would be interested, Mr. Pelozo. And so he was. And so am I. And so are my men. We find it impossible to uh, resist. Yeah, well, that and the garlic bread. We came here to investigate your claims, and who do we find? Sabian, from Robbery Homicide. And you certainly appear to know him. Of course I know him. You keep stopping there to talk. They're my table. I'm only here playing waitress because you insisted. In case this entire thing turns out to be a ruse. A ruse. Remember the good old days when they didn't issue crooks thesauruses with their union cards? Would I be crazy enough to bring Sabian here if I was up to something? I don't know. But I must warn you, Miss Dixon. I will be watching these proceedings very closely. Well, good. Since that was the original point, right? Uh, yeah, I suppose so. So, I can go? Not so fast. We will also need more bread. Well, this isn't really my table. But I'll see what I can do. 
Dorothy, maybe this wasn't such a good idea. No, don't say that. Victor's hardly said a word for the entire meal. He's just shy. Hilda, he's he's very shy. He doesn't seem shy. He looks like a, a bulldog. He's looking everywhere except here. At the hospital, he's always so attentive. I must have done something wrong. No, don't say that. I think I'm just going to go. Idiots! All of you are idiots! What fresh hell is this? I tell you, they're robbing me blind. You bring it the cops. You bring it the crooks. You all sit here and eat my food and they shake me down right in front of your noses. They steal my money. They put the skin into my wife and you idiots do nothing. Victor, are you... Are you working? What? No! Jack? No! We're pretending to work. There's a difference. See? You pretend. You are phonies. I do not care to be spoken to in these tones. Everybody, shut up! This is Antonio Calzeroni. He hired Jack and I to investigate a supposed protection ring of which we can find no evidence. Mr. Calzeroni demanded further proof. I brought a number of interested parties into view for themselves. Unbeknownst to me, my... Ertner brought in the law at the self-same time. I knew it. You are working. Actually, wait. I'll field this one. I was more killing two birds with one stone. Kind of parading Sabian through on a pleasant evening and suggesting that he confirm our findings without going to the actual trouble of, you know, telling him. Oh, you are so dead. But, but, but having found himself surrounded by notorious gangsters... Oh... Sorry, could you please raise your hand if you're a criminal? Come on, be honest. There we go. And knowing nothing of the context, Lieutenant Sabian assumed his Lady Fair was under some sort of threat and hunkered down and watched the place like a hawk because that's what cowboys do. We did nothing except protect our own business interests. Okay. Wait. Is it being suggested... That a crime has been committed. Yes, finally. Okay, first, Dixon. You know how you always tell the haircut here that he's stupid for asking the bad guys for help? Yes. So what was this here? Stupid. It was stupid. Very good. Justice! Yeah, here, sir. You know what you did, and obviously later on I will murder you. That's tough but fair. Calzeroni! See? Did you witness this shakedown yourself? My wife did. You can see they pushed her around. They put the scan in her. My money's gone. I don't believe... Okay, that's a no. Shut up. Carmine Peloso! Lieutenant. You are here investigating the possible violation of your family's territorial rights. I am. So, like myself, you have been watching this place like a hawk. Tell the class what you saw. In the time that I have been sitting here, I've seen three different employees take a case of booze for a walk out a different exit and return moments later without. I've seen three tables finish and leave with not one dollar rung in on the cash register. And if that woman is your wife, Mr. Calzeroni, the reason she looks eh, unkempt is that she has been in the coat room not once, but twice with that busboy 
who is still wearing a certain amount of her lipstick. But... I, I don't... But... Uh... Very good, Mr. Peloso, Mr. Calzeroni. Your detectives are right. There is no protection racket. You are just being robbed blind by everyone around you. Mr. Peloso, would you say that by faking a protection racket, the staff here has attracted negative attention to the business interests of the Peloso family? I would say that they have, yes. Then, if I may, I will leave it to you to scare the hell out of the appropriate people. That is satisfactory, Lieutenant. You are a gentleman. That is true. Can I just say something? No, I'm on a roll. Nurse Morgenstern! Hilda! Hilda... Yeah. I'm... I'm bad at this. I'm good at all of that. But I'm... bad at this. And I think... maybe you are a little bit also? And these people who are our friends were trying to help, but God help them, they aren't that smart. Hey... It's probably true, but he still shouldn't say it. Would you like to, uh, would you like to take a, a walk or something and maybe, you know, get as far away from these idiots as humanly possible with, with me a bit? Let me just get my coat. And that was how it went. Our client was not happier, but almost immediately richer, and his business turned around. The Pelosos scared everybody and killed nobody, which is a fine line to walk, and kudos to them for it, I suppose. I was in a certain amount of trouble, which was greatly mitigated by the way Sabian and his lady floated out into the evening on one another's arm. Thus far, in spite of specific threats to the contrary, I remain resolutely unkilled by either the lieutenant or my wife. And Trixie and I went back to what we do best, staring out the window, wondering what to have for lunch. Because the more things change, my friends, well, you know. Blackjack Justice, Episode 72, Date Night, was written and directed by Greg Taylor and starred Christopher Mott and Andrea Lyons, with additional voices supplied by Gregory Z. Cook, Ryan Saro, Clarissa de Nederlanden, Julie Florio, and Greg Taylor. This recording and the story, characters, and situations depicted within are the property of their author and creator and protected by copyright. Until next time, remember, DecoderRingTheater.com is your address to adventure. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Mutual. Happy birthday to you. And many more. <laughs> this was not only a birthday greeting for the Mutual Audio Network, which, as you may know, has been bringing you the finest in audio drama for just a little more than one year, it was also a way of letting you know how long 20 seconds are. Why should you know it? Because the CDC recommends, during this COVID-19 situation, that you and me and everybody wash our hands with soap and water as often as possible for at least 20 seconds. 
So get all of your fingers, get the palms, get the backs of your hands, and a little bit up your wrists, and make sure you change out your towels more frequently as well. If it helps to sing Happy Birthday or some other song, as you do so, why not? This was a public service announcement from the Mutual Audio Network.